It is the kind of truth that is true whether or not you believe in it. There's no, 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 no. Triggering a defensive state when we feel that our thoughts have to be protected from the influence of others. <laughs> Wonderful woman. Well, we're all very fond of her, very free spirit. Oh my goodness, you guys, what's up? Such an awesome episode to share with you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Practice Perspective Podcast. But in this one, I'm super stoked to share with you guys because we get the perspectives of a uh, an outreach program to a pretty prominent uh, weed dispensary known as Harvest. I think they're like the second biggest in the, the world or the states. I think they have um, nine licenses. I think nine cannabis licenses across the states, and I think seven to nine locations actually within Arizona. But anyways, Harvest has been here long enough to have their own research team to stay updated and current with the latest information about marijuana and have their own outreach program to go and educate people. And that is where David and Jessica go out and educate people on the benefits of medical marijuana so that is not an easy job yeah we're vaguely exposed to the benefits on the news or online um you know it's probably sitting in the back of our brain but actually hearing them out and talking to them there's a huge industry that has so many factors that we don't really incorporate so yeah we talk about what it takes to run the dispensaries, you know, you need the passion and the why behind it. Yes, it's really good uh, monetarily, you know, a really good way to boost the economy, but um, there's still this stigmatism that needs to be attended to, this cognitive dissonance that not only people, the general people have, but even doctors to be able to uh, offer it to their patients as an option to alleviate whatever symptoms, whatever uh, it could be, you know, epilepsy, cancer, glaucoma, chronic pain. Regardless, there's this information that needs to be um, shared among us all. So kudos to Jessica and David. They're on their front lines because you think educating a child is hard. Try educating a full grown-ass adult that has their belief system solidified. And just because their belief system is solidified, they don't want it to be bothered just because marijuana does not resonate with them and this is still you know a factor that we had to deal with i know friends and family and even my own grandmothers that can be helped with with medical marijuana but no need to worry harvest has that covered uh so check the show notes listen to the podcast hope you guys get some information uh, i know i did and uh check the show notes for what harvest has called this new patient orientation it's a great space where you could come in and have all the questions answered. And if they don't have um, an answer to a question, which I doubt, they, they've been doing this for so long, they have tremendous um, research and evidence and journals of what they're doing and what they have learned. But 
they will answer your questions if they don't have it later on. So check out the show notes, uh, check out the new patient orientation. Um, hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast and uh, listen with an, uh, an open mind and open hearts. Uh, I know probably the majority of people <laughs> won't have a problem with that, but if you have someone that can be helped with um, medical marijuana as an option, um, like someone more elderly, uh, maybe a friend of a friend or a stepdad or a whatever the case may be, have them listen to this podcast, have them go to the Harvest website, check out their new orientation program, and uh, just check it out because that won't hurt nothing but your curiosity to be dealt with. <laughs> All right, you guys. Again, enjoy, and uh, let me know go what goes down. We're good to go. All right, you guys ready? Ready when you are. Uh-huh. Well, welcome to uh, Practice Perspective Podcast, you guys. And uh, my name is Michael, and so this is the podcast where basically, kind of the name, I like to get a glimpse of you guys' perspective. And you guys are in a uh, pretty awesome industry right now, right yeah, now. Medical marijuana. Yes, medical marijuana. And you guys probably have some really good insight to kind of expound on the um, uh, the perspective. I don't want to get ahead of myself too fast, but the, the medical benefits and the destigmatizing of it. So, Jess? Yeah. Um, can you tell me how you uh, got into Harvest and how you guys got into this industry? Yeah, sure. So, um, about five years ago... Uh, my daughter was experiencing some pretty um, frequent seizures. Um, she's had seizures since she was two years old. Oh, wow. She's 14 now, but so this was when she was nine. And uh, they, were, they were pretty frequent. Her neurologist wanted to look into um, brain surgery. And I had had some friends just randomly kind of suggest that I look into cannabis as um, an alternative. And I had never even considered cannabis to be used for epilepsy. Um, I had actually voted against it in 2010, <laughs> as did my oh, husband. Wow. So, yeah, um, we were more on the conservative side. But, you know, when you have a, a sick child, you will do anything it takes. Wow, so yeah. I started doing my research, and actually I found Dr. Sanjay Gupta's weed series on CNN. And I think the first um, episode had just come out. It was with uh, it was about Charlotte Figi and her family um, and how Charlotte's Web came about with the Stanley Brothers. Wow. And that whole episode, like flipped the switch in my mind yeah. and I was on board and ready to look into it further and yeah. you know did did some research at home and and uh, because of a, a friend who was going through the same thing found the amazing people at Harvest yeah. and never really looked back. Wow nice. So nice. in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you're totally right I mean uh, I have some family members my own like my myself that they just kind of need to fight this cognitive dissonance that they have because they're exposed to it in a certain mm-hmm. level. Um, I remember back in the days for me, it was just like dare and then yes. don't do drugs and yeah. you're going to fry your brain like an egg. And yeah. so, um, all right, yeah. And, uh, I mean, and, and that, that old school philosophy, the, the dare program is alive and well. I just got back from Beaver Creek, Ohio, where we're going to be opening up a store and I saw a dare sticker. No and way. I, absolutely. The dare program is alive in conservative parts of America. Okay. And um, and they're still including uh, marijuana in, yeah, in their Absolutely. Have you been to Yavapai County lately? I have not because been to they, County. I mean, the marijuana industry is, ironically, is uh, one of the number one employers 
in the Verde Valley. However, Yavapai County, um, beyond any shadow of a doubt, is anti-cannabis okay. from, from, um, from their legislative perspective. Yeah. However, from an economic development standpoint, we are, are, are rocking it because their, yeah. their history is agriculture. Mm -hmm. And so from the economic standpoint, they, they, it's like, all right, we're, we are not only are a, an extension of agriculture, but we're a little bit more thoughtful when it comes to it. We um, have more of a, an understanding, conservative use of water, and, um, and our, our use of resources is uh -huh. responsible. Wow, wow. So uh, how how did you get into uh, working in this, um, this industry? So I, I've been working with Harvest for um, six, seven years now. And, mm -hmm. and before that, before Prop 203 came around, I was living in Flagstaff and and was was looking at, um, from a city, city council and, and law enforcement perspective, of, of what people's perception of the new cannabis industry was going to look like. And it was all fear-based. Yeah. Um, so um, I wanted to be part of that change from a social worker's pr perspective um, that was the person that reached out to the epilepsy community, the Crohn's colitis community, the cancer community, mm -hmm. the senior community, the LGBTQ, the Latino, um, because that just simply wasn't happening. There's a lot of people talking about the benefits yeah. of cannabis, but there's not a lot of people talking to the actual patients that are yeah. recipients of that. Yeah. And we needed to make that happen. And and to this day, it's, it's, it's only happening on a very limited basis. So Jessica and I are kind of holding the flag and, and actually putting our money where our mouths are. That's kind of no. weird, doesn't it? It <laughs> sounded weird. Um, but we get the concept. <laughs> yeah. um, so when, when we are out at support group meetings or, or medical professional meetings or mm -hmm. the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, there's, there just simply isn't anyone else from this industry there. And, and it's not like they're bad people. It's not like they don't believe that, yeah. that cannabis, this plant, can serve those people because they do. They wouldn't be in this business if, yeah. uh, if, if they didn't. It's just there needs to be a spokesperson, and that's who we are. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's that's totally awesome. Well, I praise you guys for doing that because you're totally right. It needs to be done. Um, can you guys talk about some of the challenges you guys are facing or still, you know, combating with the stigmatism of marijuana cannabis? Like, I think David can best speak to that yeah. because he's been doing this a lot longer and has had a few more door slams yeah, in mean, his so face. <laughs> so we we can talk about the changes that are happening. So initially, no one wanted to talk about this in the medical community. Uh, the Epilepsy Foundation of Arizona was, was the first organization that did not only see efficacy, but got behind us. But um, the American Cancer Society, the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation, mm -hmm. even though they are now seeing the benefits for the people that they serve, they're still not willing to get behind it. But what we've seen is like a huge dynamic shift in the in in um, uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital is a great example mm -hmm. where initially they were booting kids out of the program that tested dirty for CBD or THC, mm -hmm. and now they're sending people to our nonprofit, <laughs> and we have a a real and meaningful dialogue with them. Yeah. And how this happened with that community and and the Arizona cancer community and other communities is that the people that they serve, their patients, um, 
the cancer survivors are all talking to their doctors, and they're like, this, this is working. Yeah. And, and something else that you can't deny, too, is, is especially with epilepsy, you see a kid having seizures, and then you see a kid start on a CBD regimen, and they're not having seizures. That's, that's, you, you can see that. You can't see chronic pain all the time yeah. or uh, some of the other conditions, but kid with seizures to kid without seizures or fewer seizures or yeah. they're not as um, debilitating and aggressive – yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty damning evidence. Yeah, and doctors, yeah, yeah, doctors couldn't ignore that. And um, and we're fortunate that, like David said, we we've, we've got um, a very respectful, mutual relationship with them, and um, we've got a lot of families who report to these neurologists and say, "Yeah, my kid is doing so much better on CBD." And that's that was the case with Emma. She just. She, as soon as she started taking it, she went two years without seizures. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only after we started weaning her off of her, her pharmaceutical that they started coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, right now, knock on wood, she's she's doing pretty good and holding yeah. her own. And, and, you know, the doctor, we just saw him earlier this month and, and uh, had a good conversation about CBD and cannabis. And awesome. there's a time That's and a place amazing. for... CBD and there's a time and a place for pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah. And the time and the place is often when we talk to reluctant patients or afraid patients. I mean, it's simply a, wait till it's your turn. Wait mm-hmm. till you see what is offered to you when when you have a cancer diagnosis or a chronic yeah. pain diagnosis. And and suddenly what we do, especially if you compare it to chemotherapy or oxycodone, is is not too bad. Actually, it's it's incredibly safe. So we are are, are very hopeful that that cannabis will be a solution to help us back away from this opioid crisis. Yeah. Wow. And and there's never a point where we say, well, cannabis is absolutely the cure all for right. everything. But yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a tool to use <laughs> in your toolbox. It is. Yeah. <laughs> in your toolbox. And you can't deny like what's in front of you. You guys. You first-hand experience seeing it work yeah um, but, but I love this yeah we're, we're diving right in um, I, I also wanted to ask do you guys um, so are you guys getting uh, more resistance from the doctors or like the pharmaceutical companies or like how does that work oh gosh you know the doctors are coming around like we mentioned especially at PCH they're coming around uh, oncologists are coming around um, okay. because they see how um, how much this can reduce some of those side effects from chemotherapy, the nausea, yeah. um, and the uh, loss of appetite and the pain and all that. Um, pharmaceutical companies, you know, I was at we, we were both at different cancer events last weekend, uh, like continuing education uh-huh. uh, programs, and I was in a room with tons of pharmaceutical companies. Um, I was totally the fish out of water. Um, the guy to my right was from Texas, super conservative guy, and he's like, oh, so you, you sell pot. I'm like, no, I, I educate people about cannabis. Um, but then the, the gals to the left of me were super supportive. They were really encouraged yeah. and encouraging and uh, just the nicest people. So, I, you know, pharmaceuticals, it's, they're not um, something that we directly have a lot of contact with. Okay. And, and we are... From a legal standpoint, we're just a different animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are not FDA approved. Um, we're still a Schedule One drug, although we're seeing um, 
what we do trickle into the pharmaceutical industry. It's not, it's not like Marinol hasn't been around since the 80s. I mean, it's a THC synthetic, um, but we're seeing now with um, Epidiolex, which is um, a uh, plant-based drug um, that has been FDA approved that you can pick up at Walgreens with a prescription mm -hmm. for your child uh, who has a seizure disorder. It's Dravet syndrome and Lennox-Gastaut syndrome are, the, are what is prescribed for now, and that's just a recent development. So it's not like the pharmaceutical industry is completely alien to what we do. I yeah. mean, we're well, they're trying to figure out how they can do yeah. it themselves. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and get money for it. And um, you know, so that that actually that whole aspect is a blessing and a curse because yeah. we want people to have the ability to try cannabis if they feel like it might be um, something that would work for their condition. Um, however, do we think that these pharmaceuticals can do it better than we? the actual plants like is this epidiolex better no i in my opinion i think whole plant is best yeah. i think as least processed is is best yeah i think that a naturopathic approach it should be your first approach mm -hmm. changing your lifestyle your diet and and then if, if you need to incorporate uh, pharmaceuticals or allopathic medicine then then that is something you should do but there's no reason why you can't do those things in tandem yeah. So exactly. if, if I need to, a, a drug to make my life better, um, that doesn't mean that I'll change my diet for the worse or just like, oh, this drug is going to solve all my problems, so now yeah. I don't have to eat consciously. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is it, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a, no, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because I've noticed not only just with medical marijuana, but um, the holistic naturopathic way is kind of giving rise right now too. Like people are instead of going straight to prescriptions, they're like, all right, yeah, let me change the diet, maybe not eat so much greasy food, let me have a better amount of sleep and start exercising. I mean, it's gotta start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it, Well, I, so much starts in the gut as it is, we know that. So yeah. Emma's diet, or Emma's seizures, I should say, changed drastically when we took gluten out of her diet. Yeah, I mean, wow. drastically. So that just told us, you know, gluten was very inflammatory to her system. And then we took out, um, Let's see, she's also limited on eggs um, because we were noticing some more seizures and dairy too. So it's very limited dairy and it's mm -hmm. grass fed organic. And, you know, part of that is limited because uh, <laughs> it costs a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, if I can change her from the inside out to hopefully improve mm -hmm. uh, the seizures, then that's what we're going to do. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, and speak, speaking of doctors, medical professionals, that stigma is there. So, so Jessica and I are really good at reframing the conversation of, hey, there is a, there is a line between medical cannabis and adult use cannabis. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that line is a little vague, yeah. but the conversation that we have is about medical use. Um, we recognize that, that Arizona and the rest of the country is going to go adult use. But that being said, that doesn't make sick people better or people that will use cannabis for, for medical reasons. Mm -hmm. that they're not going to go away. They'll just have easier access to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, of course, there's always that question of abusing it. And you could abuse anything. You can abuse anything. You can abuse, abuse anything. You can abuse all the pharmaceuticals out there. Yeah. yeah. And so. I've abused it before. before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's in our human nature. And, you know, so it's you, that you, fine you, discipline you, that people You provide need. education mm -hmm. and resources for people that, that think they might be going down that yeah. path. So, um, there's a, a plethora of benefits on, um, you know, the medical use of marijuana. I had another question come up to me 
there's a difference of having using the CBD oils, right, and actually consuming with THC. Can you guys like break down the uh, I guess how that works? Because some could be ointments for joints, right, and then some could be just uh, you, you know you smoke it and you feel the benefits of um, alleviating any pain that you have. Yeah, well, so so you've got CBD. So CBD and THC are both molecules found in the plant. THC okay. is obviously the most well known and prominent one. That's the one that that gets you high, that euphoric mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. CBD is the second most abundant. Um, it does not give you that high, not the same high anyway. Um, and um, it's great for inflammation, pain-related inflammation, seizures, um, anxiety, really good for those things. So it's not, gonna, it, it's not gonna get you the same kind of high. In my mind, it relaxes you because it's great for anxiety, but it's, yeah. you're not euphoric. Okay. Um, so that's basically in a nutshell the difference. Now, if you're talking about tinctures, salves, um, smoking, edibles, you can get THC, you can get CBD, you can get a combination thereof. Yeah. Um, so it's it's pretty much you know there's there's a lot of products out there um, to really try to fit with anyone's needs. Yeah. Basically. Wow. Different. There's a huge spectrum. Huge spectrum. There's a huge spectrum. Yeah, new products on the line all the time. It's not just about smoking flour anymore. A lot of people don't want to smoke flour. Yeah. The wow. flour's the butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it all comes from the plant. It yeah. all comes it, from the it, plant. It all yeah. comes from the plant. Um, CBD, THC, other constituents. Um, it's it's basically grown up from this plant. Mm-hmm. And some plants have um, higher THC and low CBD. Other plants have a high CBD rate ratio. Um, and these, these plants we can modify like we've been doing for, for thousands of years in mm-hmm. agriculture. Um, everybody wants the prettiest rose or the sweetest <laughs> strawberry. And we can, we can make that happen just yeah. using farm practices. Mm-hmm. Um, you can isolate out those, product, those, those mm-hmm. molecules also. You can, you can separate the THC. But it all comes, comes from a plant. Yeah. Um, mostly people are separating out the CBD um, stripping all the other constituents out of it, so it, it's is something that you can sell over the counter. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing CBD on the market everywhere. Just go by the gas station. It's like we have CBD products here. Oh no way! Um, wow, no way. Uh, but uh, yeah, but buyer will be aware. You know, you really you want to make sure you're getting your CBD from a reliable source, yeah. some place that tests those products, so you know that if you're getting a little bottle of CBD that has 500 milligrams in it, it has 500 milligrams in it so you, you have to do a little <laughs> yeah. research and, and know where you're shopping yeah and it comes from, it comes from the plant not the seed yeah so yeah. you can buy hemp seed oil which is a, a tremendous antioxidant it's loaded with, a, with mega fatty acids but it doesn't have any cannabinoids in it. it doesn't have any thc it doesn't have any cbd in it wow it's yeah. still great for you yeah um so like jess was saying buyer beware um we have seen lots of cbd products that, have, that we've independently tested and it's like lo and behold there is no cbd in this product <laughs> um it's just hemp oil wow it's like uh mother nature just you know it's providing its own fruit to bear to sure. alleviate mm-hmm. your own sicknesses yeah, yeah. that's that's awesome <laughs> so um you guys have been with harvest for a while where were you guys at before harvest i was a stay-at-home mom you know, my kids are 12 and 14 now, so back then, you know, five years ago, and I didn't start with Harvest five years ago. I've been 
officially employed with them for three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was doing a lot of work. Uh, after I saw the efficacy for Emma and how successful she was with cannabis, I knew I needed to be a cheerleader and an advocate. And I helped out with uh, our 501c3 Harvesting Hope mm-hmm. and was the parent liaison and talked to all the incoming families. And I still do. Um, but before that, you know, my kids were little, and so I was busy raising them. Um, and before I had kids, I was a teacher. So um, coming into the role um, in the outreach and education field was actually just like a perfect okay. transition for me. I got I got to educate again, but this time my students were um, different. Nice. You know, they weren't little. <laughs> they weren't uh, they weren't middle schoolers <laughs> like they were before. More but, uh, stubborn um, adults. More stubborn adults, <laughs> totally. More stubborn adults. <laughs> Um, two years before I started working with Harvest, I, I created an entity called Grassroots Wellness Center that was a cannabis collective. Um, so patients, caregivers could um, get all sorts of services um, and then um, uh, acquire medical marijuana. Um, that was up in Flagstaff. Um, we did a lot of great things. That's where I met our present medical director from Harvest. Oh, nice. Um, we had an on-site doctor. We had free therapy for people. We had free massage therapy, um, emotional support therapy. We had cooking classes. Um, we gave back to the community, and we were awarded by our mayor and Flagstaff Service Agency of the Year. He was absolutely flabbergasted that before even a marijuana program was happening, that we carved out this strange little niche wow. that was doing good for his community. <laughs> and... Um, I uh, applied for several licenses but didn't get one. The folks at Harvest were like, we we want to create a model just like you're doing it with licensure. Nice. Wow. I'm like, I'm like all right, I'm on board. <laughs> and um, I came down to, to Phoenix and had a um, just a, a greater resources. Yeah. And Flagstaff is absolutely wonderful, but you doesn't take too long to know everyone in the medical community. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, and we're still involved in medicine, even though we don't have a footprint in Flagstaff. We, um, Dr. Trout, our medical director, and myself just spoke at, um, for two years in a row, the, the Northern Arizona Oncology Upbeat Retreat for Cancer Survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because I feel like we're going to capture that audience from a retail perspective. It's like those people want to learn a little bit more about medical marijuana and they need a resource. Mm-hmm. So let's be that resource because the other dispensaries are not stepping up. Yeah. And and again, it's not like they have bad intentions. It's just they just they they don't have sight beyond the retail component mm, of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. challenging to operate a dispensary. And it's very challenging. Yeah. So you get lost in that. Um, a lot of people thought that this industry was just going to be a green gold mine. And as soon as you got that licensure, then you open your doors, and um, next thing you know, you're a millionaire. It's, it's just not like that. Yeah. It's, um, it's a tremendous amount of bureaucracy and a lot of pain-in-the-ass stuff that's <laughs> happening um, and a lot of competition. So it, it's easy for these, these young op- op- entrepreneurs to, to lose the vision of what we're really here to do yeah. on this planet, and that's to serve other people. Yeah. Well, I, I really want to know. Yeah, what is their why? Why do they? Why are they passionate about this? Is it? Is it to make money? I mean, people say, "Oh, cannabis. That must be like a booming business." I mean, it is, but it's still a business. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but what's your why behind it? Why? Yeah. Why are you passionate about it? I mean, 
his passion is easy to see. It's it's organic, as mm-hmm. is mine. You know, mine is my daughter. Mm-hmm. My daughter is the story of, you know, she's part of Harvest's story. And uh, the passion is, is organic and real, and so... That's why we have the best job ever. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it seems like the uh, the universe kind of naturally contrived for you guys to be in this position. Absolutely. And, uh, and just kind of looking up, uh, I, I never dealt with any uh, dispensaries myself. Uh, I remember way back in the days where I'd buy 20 bucks a gram in the parking lot all sketchy and felt like <laughs> shitty, but like so happy that I got sure. high in high school. But then seeing this transition to this like a weird holistic perspective of like no this is actually beneficial for your body and your mind mm-hmm. and as I was going you know growing up through my youth I realized like I got to be more conscious of what I eat how I consume what I'm consuming at certain times and not only that but it helped me reflect on the people I surrounded myself with so it was a holistic on all sorts of levels but now you guys bringing up the the entrepreneurial side of it um I don't want to blame our society in being so like not money driven, but like a gold mine, just like how you said. But do you think this is a good way for people to kind of reflect on their their why that they're doing it? Like, is this? Do um, I think it's a good way? Yeah, it's a yeah. great way. Yeah. But the, the thing is, is, will they? Will they? <laughs> will they? And uh, a lot of the folks that I've met in this industry are chock full of good intentions, but really their their bottom line is keep their keep yeah. their lights on and put money in their pocket. Yeah. And, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's so much more potential yeah. with this particular industry. I mean, if we were selling shoes, um, it, it would be a completely different animal. It's like, yeah. sell the shit out of those shoes and make some money. Yeah. But, but we're selling healthcare and we're selling hope. Yeah. And we're selling something that is a, like Jessica was saying, an organic philosophy and it, we're, we're mating agriculture with, with health care. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that with a conscious, then conscience, then you've got something. And we can change lives. And, and not only that, I mean, I'd, I'd love to talk about the, the community aspects of it and, and how the, the, the cannabis industry um, can, can change people's lives from a social standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many incarcerated people right now mm-hmm. they got busted for, for smoking pot. Yeah. And I really don't care if they got busted for their medical marijuana or their marijuana. There's a there has been an in, implicit here here I'm gonna sound like like this anti government person. <laughs> but no, go on. I, I, I feel that that brown and black people have been persecuted and, and marijuana is an amazing way to fuel the private prison system. Yeah. And and the medical cannabis is just a wonderful way to stick it to the man. Yeah. Um, and let's release all those people mm-hmm. and and concentrate on, on something else other than ruining people's lives. Because c- cannabis can can change people's lives for the yeah. better. Whether we're talking about a child who has a seizure disorder or just some guy like me who has a social worker philosophy and wants to make the world a better place. We all, we all come to the same goals is to go, go to bed at night, not regret our day yeah. and live a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right. Amen I mean, to that. Yeah. <laughs> Preaching to the choir. I love, that was, that was nice. Cheers. Just, 
Is that appropriate? <laughs> it is, it is. Where's the margaritas? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Right. No, yeah, that's totally awesome. Um, do you foresee, because this has uh, also been on the back of my head, too, because kind of seeing this transition, um, just like you said, there's people that have been incarcerated with medical possession, or not even medical possession, but possession of this, this plant, this, you know, this plant that has medical benefits. Um, do you see any compensation for them or any, do you see people out there fighting for them? Like, hey, this is like 20 years ago, he had a couple grams of weed on him. Like, this is sure. not right. There's, I mean, there's people fighting for them. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're trying to figure that situation out in California right now. That's probably like, a, Canada is having a huge reform right yeah. now because it's legal in Canada. I mean, the adult use is, is legal from sea to shining, shining sea in Canada. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's going to happen. Are, is there going to be a big, here, here's a financial compensation? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, things aren't going to change unless they change on a national level, and that's rescheduling this plant. Yeah. Um, it is unjustly scheduled to schedule one, like a, like a heroin or a methamphetamine. Mm -hmm. um, saying it has no medicinal value is bullshit, yeah. period. I mean, I wish I could sugarcoat that. But well, I mean, the fact is, is the government has a patent on it. Sure. So <laughs> there's a little bit of a discrepancy so, there. <laughs> so it's going to change. There's yeah. 30 um, medical states right now and climbing. Um, once it's rescheduled, decriminalized, whatever, then suddenly the insurance companies are going to take a look at that, mm -hmm. saying long-term use of cannabis, cannabis may actually um, stave off um, more challenging illnesses. Mm. Um, and once your insurance company can pay for this herb, and at the same time, the pharmaceutical companies are still working on that, mm -hmm. and they have every right to do so. If we can, if we can have something that, dare I say, cures cancer, cures yeah. seizure disorders, mm -hmm. and just makes people better, yeah, yeah, let's let's make that happen, and then let people out of jail. And uh, the world can be a better place. Yeah, awesome. Do um, you guys know about the? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it'll, it'll choke up. David hopped off at soapbox. No, yeah, I love the passion that you guys have. Yeah. Um, are you guys aware of? Uh, I forgot what exact bill it was, but Governor Ducey passed a bill like it was supposed to commence in August of 2019. But the industrial hemp program. Do you guys see that? Um, I mean. Probably, of course, is going to help the industry, the, the weed industry, but do you guys see any obstacles, or do you guys can narrow down on the, the benefits that might have? Well, what I do know is that the Marijuana Industry Trade Association and the Hemp Industry Trade Association are, they're totally in cahoots together. If you go to those associations, they're together introducing each other. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's the same plant, essentially. Yeah. One is just for more industrial use. What I haven't heard is... Where are the farms going? What is the intent? Is it to make massive amounts of CBD products, or is it just going to be we can have a lotion and, or, and or, hemp seeds or, and or rope or yeah. materials or paper? Right. Yeah. And I think all of the above. It's just I don't know the mechanics of how it's going to work in Arizona okay. yet, other yeah. than it will work, and it'll probably be down in Camp Verde or around yeah. Snowflake, that area where it's easy to grow stuff. I mean, that's why our grow facility is in Camp Verde, because it's easy to grow stuff there. Yeah, nice, nice. But do you guys know the uh, the logistics of how it's grown to at the dispensaries? Oh, like seed to sale? Yeah. I guess, the, yeah. actually, I'm saying, yeah, I don't even know. 
if that's the term for it. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, it is a term, but yeah. I mean, we've definitely taken tours of our grow facility. We've got some amazing, oh, nice. oh yeah, amazing, passionate workers that care deeply about this plant and and um, producing a really high quality medicine for our patients. Um, and so it's really awesome to see uh, them hard at work yeah. and and um, just taking, like I said, so much care and concern for for this amazing plant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and there's a whole process. I mean, there's, you know, the little nursery, and I think that's what they call it, it's where the baby plants are, and they're <laughs> making sure they're healthy, and then they move into, you know, the grow rooms, and then it's it's the trim and the drying and, and all that stuff. So, right. um it's a pretty fascinating setup. And having people tour that is probably amazing so they could actually see and learn themselves. Like Tours are the super natural. limited, yeah. We don't have a lot of people going through there. Um, but it is um, eye-opening, to say the least, when you have the opportunity. Okay. Um, and, you know, I wish more people did have the opportunity because it's, it's you don't... <laughs> You don't get to see where your Tylenol came from, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah. you know, I've got I've got some really cool pictures of Emma holding the um, leaf of her plant of the of the plant that she uses to help her seizures. Oh, nice! And to see the pride in her face and it uh, and um, see her excitement is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we we don't get that when when we take our Depakote pill every night. <laughs> um, it's not the same. It's wow, not and as actually gratifying. holding it too. You probably have that. Yeah. I mean, I'm holistic guru wannabe shaman like yeah. in the medicine. Like That's probably like a connection right there yeah. of, of the plant. That's, that's yeah, awesome. It grew out of the earth and then suddenly it's a medicine. Yeah. yeah. And it's th- that shouldn't be an alien concept. No, no. Wow. It's funny how contradicting it is how we have to fight this, but it's uh, we have to fight for it. This is a benefit. It's the people need it. Well, and that's what Bre- that, that's what David and I do is we just educate as much as we can, and you know we we um, attend these events, whatever it is, uh, like David said, a um, a medical conference or um, a support group or a, a senior retirement living facility, mm-hmm. and. We look like two normal people, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. We, we, you're not gonna find the the stigma of, of what maybe a pothead looks like um, when we attend. I love that events. too. Yeah, I love that. You're just two clean cut people, passionate about educating on this medication. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Do you see any other dispensaries doing what Harvest does? Do so what sure. you guys do? There, there yeah. are. They just don't. It's not as ingrained in the culture of their dispensary. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certainly passionate people that work at dispensaries that um, that uh, we see that are politically active, mm-hmm. and, and that's important. Yeah. Um, if if you, you you have to create this landscape and defend it once it's once it's here, mm-hmm. otherwise it, it will go away because there's plenty of politicians that would like this to go away. Um, and. We do occasionally run into people that 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 are at different conferences or expos or what have you. Not very often. Um, it, it doesn't mean that they're not passionate. Oftentimes, they, you come to this to to work at a dispensary because um, b- because you've had some sort of malady in your life or your your family has cancer involved had the specter of cancer 
take one of their family members and this was helpful and so I want to make a difference mm -hmm. is what we hear an awful mm -hmm. lot. Um, at the beginning, um, people were just so enamored by, oh, I can't wait. I've always wanted to be involved in the pod industry, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then suddenly you get that job and that job loses its romance real quick. Um, because basically it is a nuts and bolts business where you, you have to show up on time and um, the, the pot jokes get a little bit old after the first week. Um, oh, I think we sure. heard a few of them. As in, hey, Just did you guys few. bring <laughs> bring the snacks? Yeah, or, uh, yeah. do you have samples today? <laughs> Not today, sorry. Um, but, you know, uh, to expand upon that, too, with uh, other dispensaries, I definitely think the passion is there. But like David said, you know, in the end, it's still a business. Mm -hmm. And how many businesses are really putting um, money or a budget together to create an outreach and education program um, where they know that, especially, you know, several years ago, um, there's the potential for those doors getting slammed in the face. And so, yeah. it's, you know, it's a lot. Of, David put in so many hours and so much legwork into creating those relationships and, and getting his foot in the door, so to speak. Um, and, that, and that takes a lot of time and effort. And these other dispensaries, they, they do have outreach and education, but is it to the extent that Harvest does? I don't think so because we don't see them at these other events. Mm -hmm. um, and we, um, we just know this is what Harvest, when Harvest was created, this is what Harvest brought on David for, uh, is to create this outreach and education program. And, 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 and it's not just a, a touchy-feely sort of, it's for the kids. It's not just that. I mean, you can, you can monetize it and see how it will affect our retail bottom line. Um, my goal is to have every single person that walks through MD Anderson Cancer Center, I want their docs and nurses to go, Maybe medical marijuana is for you. Mm -hmm. There is a responsible, reliable dispensary, and it's called Harvest. Mm -hmm. Send them there. Absolutely. That's that's what I want. That sounds Be awesome. Because yeah. I know that our staff will take care of them. They're mm -hmm. well educated, mm -hmm. and we can we can provide not only amazing products, but a, a reasonable price and good service and education right there. And dispensaries are doing that. Other dispensaries are doing that too. Mm -hmm. It's just they aren't actively trying to reach that population. It's more of, um, if they walk through the door, we'll take care of them. Mm -hmm. but, but I want their doctor to send them to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're knocking on those doors maybe more than the other dispensaries are. Okay, yeah. awesome. Man. How do you guys um, choose out what events to go to? How do you guys find out about that? To kind of do yeah, so that's, outreach. It's, it's been a little bit more challenging now that we have <laughs> seven stores and we're spread out over Arizona. Um, so, um, and, and there's, there's budgetary restrictions. So, um, you know, I live in Phoenix, so I spend a little bit more time in Phoenix. Um, so like tomorrow I'll, we'll have a booth at the, uh, Indian school. Don't be a chump. Check for a lump, uh, breast cancer 5k. Mm. Um, Jessica, thank you for manning the booth and I'm, I'm, I'm running it with a breast cancer survivor. Oh, nice. Um, but the, the goal is not for me to run a 5K. The goal is to me, for me to represent our industry and support all of those women and men um, who are breast cancer survivors and potentially to meet all the resources they, they use and be one of those resources. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. Um, so it, it's challenging to, 
is especially as we expand into other states mm-hmm. to to make sure that our mission goes forward and how do we do that? Mm-hmm. So we're 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 meeting with our new head of retail next week to kind of figure it out. Um, because I can't be in Philadelphia this week where there's a great 5K there as well. Um, so we're having to kind of focus more on, on real medical expos. Okay. But, I mean, I I am excited to be next week in the Verde Valley for the Kiwanis 5K. Um, right. Again, I'm not all that interested in the 5K. I'm, because of our... our, our um, grow facility is there, I want to solidify the relationship we have with Verde Valley City Council and know that not only do we have a business there, but we are an active participant in your community. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, then, yeah. then I'll bump over to the Cottonwood main stage where we're hosting a table um, that is supporting uh, Northern Arizona um, hospice and creating relationships with local doctors there and serving that population of people who can't get out of their house or are dying and would like um, a better, more respectful end-of-life solution other than just getting whacked out on opioids, um, which is the current solution. Yeah, That's what you do with people in chronic pain when they're dying. You medicate to the living daylights out of them. And if I'm dying and I'm in a lot of pain, you can do the same thing. I just choose an organic method to do that. Yeah. So the question is, what, which events do Wait, we choose? Wait, what was the question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, we, we take a close look. A, what is our budget? B, do we have, um, is, this, is this a community that we are actively pursuing and we don't have as much um, exposure with them yet that we're, that we're hoping to change? Um, is, yeah, there's a couple different factors. I mean, we uh, truthfully want to be at all of the events. Yeah. Um, we just have to be, you know, choosy. Like in the end, how is this going to help harvest? Um, how is this going to help this community? That's awesome. I think I might look into that. That sounds like because uh, it sounds like you guys have to be mobile. You guys do your homework. Like, all right, is it going to be pragmatic to go to this place? Are we wasting our time? Exactly. And exactly. are these people going to actually listen? You know. Exactly. It's a bit. Is it a big enough audience for us to make a difference? Yeah. Um, and so something like this pink out this 5k tomorrow i'm so excited and this is a great organization don't be a chump check for a lump uh wonderful organization that we've been um sponsoring for several years now and um so i'm i'm super excited to be there and to meet survivors and to let them know that there is a respectful professional clean Mm -hmm. um place that they can go to to learn more about cannabis or to get the cannabis and maybe they had their patient card and they just didn't know where to go mm-hmm. and so you know it's stuff like that that really you know yeah, no, yeah that's that's that actually difference. a great segue um so someone new to this this medicine um how would they go about getting their card and you know putting their foot in the door like all right i'm ready let's try this alternative this is my last this, like my my last breaking point i need to try this so how would uh, they well, go about getting their card? So, so hopefully that the, that that will change and that the people who will, who are coming to us will not come to us because this is their last hope, but this is their their, their first. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what I will always tell people that are interested in this 
and, and oftentimes the people that we're in contact with um, are, are medically challenged. They have got an issue. So I, let's talk to your oncologist. Let's talk to your primary care physician. Any MD, doctor of osteopathy, or naturopathic doctor in the state of Arizona can write a certification so you can get your card through Department of Health. Um, start there. That way you don't have to see an outside doctor. Um, the, you just kind of keep it within your own health circle. Okay. That being said, you might find that your oncologist is like, well, you know what, we're federally funded and we feel a little hinky about this and it's not in our policies and procedures and we think it's a good idea, but why don't you find another doctor? Um, there are a multitude of certification centers out there. Some good, some bad, some ugly. Um, all of them will check that box. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that box is, give me my medical marijuana card as soon as possible and tell me what to do and where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest way, honestly, is just to Google your city and then medical marijuana certification center. If, if you are at a place where your doctor's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm hesitant, no but diet. yeah, they're, they're not going to sign. And, and most doctors won't. And you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, that's why there are certification centers. And so mm-hmm. just by Googling, you can find a list. And then I am a huge fan of checking on Yelp or other review sites sure. so that I can see that, you know, this place is decent. Mm-hmm. Um, what, <clears throat> what I love about Harvest, when patients come to us and they're like, we have no idea. Um, what we offer twice monthly is a new patient orientation. It's led by our medical director, Dr. Trout. Um, and he, it's free to attend. Anyone can attend. You certainly don't need a patient card. We encourage everyone to come and bring a friend or oh, a nice. supporter or a, um, you know, a relative, someone to be an additional set of yeah. ears. And it's kind of like a Cannabis 101. He talks about everything from a little bit about um, history and prohibition to um, methods of use, um, conservative dosing strategies, and there's plenty of time for Q&A. Yeah. Uh, which and realistic patients. expectations. Yeah. 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 Wow. Again, yeah, we're not, this is not the cure-all, this is not the magic bullet. Yeah. Um, more of this, this has the, a really good potential to be a tool in the toolbox. Yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, David and I attend almost every single one of these new patient orientations. We learn a lot from the patients. I mean, Dr. Trout doesn't switch things up too much, mm-hmm. um, but we learn so much from the patients, and we've never met anyone that said, well, that was a waste of two hours. I mean, everybody just really appreciates um, his his um, knowledge and education and, and his demeanor, and he's he's got a great presentation. So I always suggest anyone who's just a little bit curious and thinking this might be something for them, attend a new patient orientation. Um, decide for yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow, nice. That's that's. So is this like a in every like. And uh, routine schedule? Yeah, so I think um, harvestofaz.com backslash calendar, I think, is where you will find that. I can definitely look that up by the end of the podcast. No, yeah, Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. um, So then you can see, you know, everyone can see, but it's uh, two different locations, um, two different times in the month on Saturdays, and, um, you know, hopefully one of those days works for for nice. somebody. I'll definitely uh, put that on the show yes, notes because that is great. something crucial people should know yeah. about to uh, to kind of put their foot in the door and get more exposure to this. And and it's what I like about it is it's not a damn infomercial for Harvest. Yeah. I mean, even though it's on site, it's not like go over here and purchase or here's a coupon for everyone. It's it's we recognize that you guys want some more information or you're a little nervous. Mm-hmm. 
Um, one of the, the, the biggest values of it is that you, you can attend that and the people sitting in the chairs next to you are in your peer group. Yeah. They're not, you don't feel like you're an extra in a, in a Cheech and Chong movie, <laughs> which I, I mean, that look of people who have never set foot in a dispensary, yeah. especially those people that are, you know, over 65, mm-hmm. that are nervous as hell about walking through this, the, the door of the den of sin. <laughs> and suddenly yeah. they see a clean, responsible organization with yeah. people that are willing to help and ready to help. And with, with no like sales pressure. Yeah. Usually more surprise mm-hmm. walking out than coming in. Huh? Oh, that's awesome. So, and, and we're even seeing other dispensaries sending their folks <laughs> who are, and it's like, yeah. fine. Yeah. From an outreach perspective, we are, sales is not first thing on my mind. If yeah. you have a, a place that can serve you better, that's right around the corner from you. Mm-hmm. At least we can provide you the best education so you can make some good decisions. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see the the numbers growing in those demographics, the older people that usually... It's the fastest growing demographic yeah? mm-hmm. in the U.S. Right, absolutely. That yeah, is absolutely. awesome to hear. Mm-hmm. And what awesome. we're seeing is is that hospice facilities, assisted living, skilled nursing is starting to come on board. They, they all have been wanting to, but they've been cautious because the Department of Health is... When they made the rules and regs... Uh, around those particular facilities, there's some ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And, and those folks are, are nervous about their licenses. They don't want to jeopardize the care that they give already. Yeah. But we're running into some that are like, we're seeing benefits, the benefits outweigh any sort of risk, and we haven't seen any prosecutions in the last decade, so let's do it. <laughs> and let's see if we can improve quality of life of yeah. the senior community. Oh yeah, that's probably the most important community we got to focus on to destigmatize and get them off the prescriptions. Yes. Yes. Period. Period. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully have that trickle down effect. <laughs> you know, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, do you guys have any other uh, things that should be said on this podcast to kind of raise awareness? I'm sure we could keep going and dive into the different sectors of the big spectrum of medical cannabis. No, I mean I. Think uh, you know your listeners can hear our passion and um, and you know hopefully change a few minds. Okay. And um, we really appreciate you having us on your podcast. This has been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, I almost forgot to ask. Um, this being a, a growing industry, uh, not literally. only this, yeah, <laughs> literally in all all sectors. Um, I have you know some associates that also want to have a, a leadership role. Not in the, the growing for the greens, but like also the educational part. Basically, like I think what you guys do, uh, help destigmatize and teach the, the benefits of this. What advice or recommendations would you guys uh, give them? I think any. I think the biggest thing anyone go wanting to get into the cannabis industry in any aspect is <coughs> to go out and meet and network with people that are already in the industry. Um, it's not always about what you know. It's about it. It's about who you know mm-hmm. and getting that FaceTime with others in the industry and making an effort because it doesn't um, usually just fall in your lap. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's as easy an industry as people might think that to get into. It's not as easy to get into as people might think. Okay. And um, so I definitely think networking is a very big, important piece. Yeah, there's a can- cannabis conference this weekend. Um, 
And yeah. that's a great place to, to network and see what other people are doing. And, and there'll be dispensaries there. Um, I, I'm reluctant to, to tell people to go to Oaksterdam or any of the other. Um, learn how to be a bud tender. I think that, you know, this. You, I could teach my cat how to be a bud tender. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that information yeah. is, um, it, it's easy access. Yeah. What, what's challenging is, okay, how to be compassionate, how to show up on time, how to dress appropriately, how to address people um, who may have a disability or are visually impaired, mm-hmm. um, and, and how to make good decisions. Yeah. Seems like a, a position that you really have to be on your toes to be innovative as well. Do you guys say so? Yeah, I think sometimes you do have to think fast because you never know what uh, they're going to throw out you throw out at you. Whether it's a patient who is in chronic pain mm-hmm. and you can't necessarily see that, or whether you're dealing with someone in the medical uh, industry who is maybe a little less than warm and open uh, yeah. to the idea of cannabis. So you definitely have to kind of think fast and be ready to respond um, professionally and appropriately to whatever they they throw out. And, you know, we're, we, we, again, anticipate in 2020 the state going adult use, recreational. So that will open up a whole demographic of people that, that don't want to work in the medical cannabis industry but want to embrace that cannabis culture. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that, that turns yeah. out. Are we getting pressure from our neighboring states to have it recreationally legal? I don't think we're getting yeah, any, think. any any pressure from neighboring states. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, it, it's ine- inevitable that it will happen. Okay. Um, and so, like I said before, what it, for the population that Jessica and I serve, it makes it easier because they won't have to jump through any Department of Health hoops yeah. and they won't have to pay card. Okay. So Financially, um, their commitment is way less. Yeah. Um, I think the... The pressure is on Arizona and whoever writes the recreational laws or the proposal to look at the other states and see where they have failed and succeeded. Mm-hmm. Um, and good, creating yeah. and writing a smart program, I think that's where the pressure is. Um, and I hope that they take a close look. I'm sure that they are. <laughs> I don't know who they are, but I'm sure that they are. And, yeah. and really looking, especially with California, is going through some struggles right now. But um, you know, Colorado's been doing this for a while and looking at Oregon. And, and, yeah. and the sky hasn't fallen in, in, in any of those mm-hmm. recreational states. Yeah. Um, and, and just something to, to be clear about is like the products are not different. Um, it's just the people that we reach out to is different. Yeah. So, if anything, the products are better. It, it could be. <laughs> could be. I mean, uh, it just depends on, you know, each individual grow facility and their practices and. Yeah. and what their policies and procedures are. And, and I think that the, the recreational crowd is not like, they're a little bit more sophisticated nowadays. They're looking for the nuances and character of the plants. Not so much, give me the strongest thing out there. Yeah. Like, that, we saw that. Oh yeah, when, we uh, still do. And we s- yeah. still do, but yeah. for the most part, the, the, the cannabis uh, purchaser is, they, they've had enough time to see what options are out there and they're looking for quality of product of products Mm -hmm. that has been tested for pesticides they're looking for um, 
uh, a person that can help guide them in a way that doesn't have a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for new and innovative products. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and ironically, that is what the medical um, <laughs> connoisseur is looking for as well. Yeah, ironically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, any other few words to... Uh, to uh, we're yeah. good. Yeah, thank you so much lot, for having yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jessica, David, uh, thank you so yeah. much for being on Practice Perspective Podcast. Um, definitely love this this transition that Arizona is going through, and not only our state, but you know society as a culture. And so, you guys are on the front lines fighting and destigmatizing, and and I, I praise you guys for that. I give you. Hey, we're proud to do it. You, thank you, you absolutely. Yeah. We wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So thank you. Awesome, awesome. Well, <laughs> I'll put some uh, important stuff in the show notes, um, and you guys can get. You tell me about to have more people be more aware and go to these conferences and um, get all this knowledge. Um, but yeah, I guess that wraps it up. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>